Hey everyone, I'm Janae Pierre, in for Melissa Harris-Perry, and this is The Takeaway. It's good to have you with us. So, have you watched anything good lately? They really aren't. Thanks very much, Mr. Clark. Aren't you two forgetting something? Well, you build in. Hollywood and the writers that make movies and TV shows possible are in the middle of a labor battle, which could bring Hollywood to a halt for the first time in 15 years. I am voting yes. I'm voting yes. I'm voting yes. Writing should be a career that everyone can follow, especially writers of color. We have the power to protect our economic security. Because lower and mid-level writers deserve to be able to earn a living in this career. On Monday, members in the Writers Guild of America Union cast their last ballots to authorize a strike. The Writers Union is currently in negotiations with Hollywood Studios. The current contract ends on May 1st, which is when the strike would begin if both sides don't reach an agreement. At the core of this strike is the rise of streaming content and platforms, with writers feeling left behind with shorter seasons, longer production times, and smaller residual checks. To talk more about this is Brent Lang, the executive editor at Variety. Brent, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Janae. So looking back at the strike in 2007, how have conditions and the entertainment industry changed for writers since that stalemate? If you look back in 2007, the entertainment industry as it existed then is almost unrecognizable from the one uh, that exists today. Uh, the rise of streaming has completely disrupted the economic ecosystem of Hollywood. And I think when you look at this strike authorization vote, where 97, uh, 97.9% of writers voted to authorize a strike, uh, a record high, um, what you're seeing is is that kind of uh, financial insecurity being manifested. And a lot of that just has to do with the way that people are now compensated for the content that they create. Uh, Now, uh, in the old days, you know, uh, movies were shown on uh, the big screen in cinemas Mm -hmm. and television shows were broadcast on cable or broadcast television. Uh, Today, so many of them are now accessed via Netflix or Apple TV Plus or Amazon or uh, HBO Max. And that's really scrambled the way that these writers are compensated and they're responding in kind. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the demands being made by the Writers Guild of America right now? Um, Some of them are what you would expect, um, an increase in uh, what they call minimums. So they're more in line with inflation and rising costs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are also some issues about what they call residuals, which is the money that they make for shows that are restreamed on different platforms. So every time, you know, a program like Friends or a movie like, uh, I don't even know, Avatar gets um, licensed by uh, Netflix or Amazon or another streaming service, that usually means a check for the writers. But what the writers are saying is that the compensation they're receiving for uh, the content when it rece- when it goes to a streaming service is not equal to the compensation they used to get mm-hmm. when it was licensed to be broadcast on something like TNT and TBS and then later something like HBO and Showtime. So they're looking for that to become more equitable. And then the other issue that seems to be really dividing the writers and um, the producers or, or the companies that, that uh, license this content um, are so-called mini writing rooms. And what these are is they're, they're smaller rooms and they're often done before a show is even greenlit so that um, 
that you don't just write a pilot, you actually write a, a, a number of episodes. So you kind of have more of a proof of concept. Okay. And what these writers are saying is they're not getting paid as much uh, for these mini rooms as they are for the standard writing room. So they would like those processes to be more in line. On the other side of negotiations, what has the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers said in response to the WGA's demands? Well, I think what what they're arguing is these demands couldn't come at a worse time. (laughs) And they may have a point because if you look at the media landscape right now, it's under a lot of pressure. Um, These companies have made a big expensive bet on launching their own in-house streaming services as kind of a challenge to Netflix. So you have things like uh, Paramount Plus and HBO Max and Disney Plus, all of which have uh, come to market in the last few years. And what happened is in order to launch these, um, these companies made an enormous investment in terms of producing content that was exclusive to these streaming services and taking back content that they were licensing to other outside services, which has put Um, pressure on their finances. And in doing so, they've amassed a lot of debt. Now, what's happened is Wall Street has started to change its kind of measurement for success. And a few years ago, what it was looking for was subscriber growth. And that's how um, investors rewarded companies. But in recent years, um, starting in 2022, when Netflix missed its subscriber content, the focus has changed a little bit. It's now much more on things like profitability. Mm. So what you've seen is these companies are in a mad scramble to mop up all this red ink that they've spilled trying to launch these streaming services. So they don't have the financial wherewithal that they did just a few years ago. Brent, I want to look back at that strike that happened back in 07 again. I'm wondering, how did that impact TV and movies? And what could we see this year if a strike does happen? Well, I think if you look back at that strike, um, what you see is is people were res- responding to um, a different set of of uh, pressures, but but not ones that were totally unlike what's happening today. You know, the industry was changing, um, and you would see the rise of some internet uh, programming, things like YouTube. Netflix had not quite gone into streaming yet, but it had. Uh, scrambled the kind of home entertainment market a little bit with its delivery by mail um, DVDs. And writers were trying to figure out a way to be compensated in that new uh, landscape, mm-hmm. not unlike what's happening today. They were they were successful in some part. But what happened is because the strike dragged on for 100 days, there was an enormous cost to the industry, I think as, as much as $2 billion dollars. Um, and lost um, uh, earnings and wages and and economic activity. And what you also saw was a real emphasis on reality programming because that kind of programming is not um, covered uh, by the WGA contract. So a lot of these companies, um, in order to kind of guard against um, a similar sort of situation, invested much more heavily in reality programming. All right, quick break here. We're talking with Brent Lang from Variety here on The Takeaway. Meet Janice. Unfortunately, her thing is sneeze attacks every time spring returns. I literally sneezed 40 times in a row once. Luckily for Janice, at the Walmart pharmacy, she can get over-the-counter allergy relief for things like sneezing, runny nose, and watery eyes fast with online pickup or delivery. No more suffering? That's nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) I see what you did there. 
Help survive allergy season with fast online pickup or delivery from Walmart. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. (laughs) Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back with Brent Lang, executive editor at Variety, and we're talking about the potential upcoming WGA writer strike. So what does a strike look like in Hollywood today? Well, I think the first thing that you'll see is a lot of the late-night programming will possibly go off the air. Um, Things like Colbert and Kimmel and Fallon, because uh, their monologues have to be written by somebody. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, Saturday Night Live, they still have a few more episodes left. Uh, They may have a shorter season. A lot of the programs have written the scripts um, up to their, their finales. So you may, it may be a little bit of a delayed reaction, but eventually, you know, episodes won't be produced Um, movies uh, may have trouble getting produced because you need script doctors on sets and you need people on sets to punch up dialogue in these big blockbusters. And what you may end up, what may end up happening is there's more reality programming. There's more animated programming um, and movies being made because that's not covered by the WGA contract. And there might be more foreign programming. One thing that's really interesting is that unlike in 2007, people have become much more interested in foreign content. So look at something like Squid Game or Lupin mm-hmm. uh, or Call My Agent. I mean, these are pretty big hit shows and they're not impacted by the WGA contract. Are there any notable shows or writers that have spoken out about the potential strike? Um, you have seen a lot of support from different writers. Um, the writers behind Yellow Jackets, for example, have been um, very um, you know pro-strike. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you'll probably see... Um, even more people come out publicly in support of strike authorization. You'll probably also see actors and and directors also um, board the movement. I mean, I think that there's a lot of people in the creative community who feel that like the writers have legitimate grievances that they have been left out of the streaming revolution and they haven't been able to participate in the profits being made. Yeah, you know, streaming platforms are definitely more pervasive than they were you know, five years ago, but they also aren't completely brand new. So why has it taken so long to address the issues the WGA is now raising? Well, I think that you're right. Streaming platforms are not brand new, but what is brand new is the sheer tonnage of streaming platforms. Um, Really, if you look at uh, the new entries, entrance into the space, they've launched since like 2020. So they're only about three years new. And I think what people are also feeling right now is there's a constriction. There was a real content boom while these uh, services were being launched. But what's happening right now is the industry is in a period of retraction. So there's a lot of layoffs and there's a lot of cost cutting. And writers are looking at this and thinking, well, the next few years are going to be a lot harder than the ones that preceded them. Mm. You know, you're talking about a period of retraction and I'm wondering, you know, three years ago when we were in the height of the pandemic, how has the pandemic and the uncertainty of Hollywood during the lockdown affected writers? Well, I think the pandemic impacted everybody, not just writers, in a sense. And I think that it 
if you look at what's happened across, uh, you know, the country, really uh, across the world, people are feeling emboldened and there's been a lot more um, kind of labor unrest, labor strikes in, in many different industries, because yeah. I think people are feeling like, you know what, I just went through a really hellish period and I'm going to demand things from my employer and I'm going to expect a different quality of life and a different you know, different things from my, my work life. Um, so I think, I think that that's what you're seeing in a lot of different sectors right now. So Brent, what do you think is the likelihood of the strike actually happening? Right. I mean, it's, it's hard to predict these things. And if you look at kind of both sides, there, there are reasons why they need to, um, portray themselves as being, you know, on the brink of a strike and that they're very far apart. And often deals are made at the 11th hour. Mm -hmm. That said, looking at this vote authorization, looking at sort of what's happened in other industries, I think a strike is more likely than not. Well, what leverage would a strike give the writers? Well, I mean, it's a, a tremendous amount of leverage because at some point, uh, all of these streaming services and content companies need movies and shows to get audiences to subscribe to their channels, uh, to pay for for movie tickets um, to watch programs that have advertising uh, attached to them. So if there's no content being produced, it's a very different industry. Mm -hmm. Brent Lang is the executive editor at Variety. Brent, thanks so much for joining us on The Takeaway. Thanks for having me.